All right, we are live. So welcome back to Rankable episode 29. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPool Rank. And today we have a, a special episode. We're doing our LinkedIn Live segment. Uh, this is part five, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, man. But we've had some great guests. And we have a special, special guest today, man. This brother, um, actually, I'll tell you the story before we do the introduction. But um, you know, he was a LinkedIn top voice of 2020. Um, we end up connecting on LinkedIn like many other the guests here. And what stuck out to me is that I knew 70% of the LinkedIn top voice list. And I'm like, yo, there goes Nikki, there goes KD, there goes Morgan, there goes my guys. I'm pissed off that I'm not on it. I'm just going through a bunch of emotions. And then I go through the, um, I think it was like the technology or the cybersecurity section. And it's like top front and center, man. It goes AJ Yawn. And I'm like, Wow, this brother looks like me, man. I would love to connect with him. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with you, and I just want to be in tune. And we connected, man. He was genuine from the jump. Uh, we end up setting up this date for the podcast, and I, I'm super happy to introduce him today. So he's the CEO of one of the hottest cybersecurity companies out here, Bite Check. Uh, my brother AJ Young. Thank, thank you again for joining, man. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here. I know we talked about this a while ago, so it's good to finally be be on here and having the conversation. Absolutely, man. We got some competitions today, man. I don't know if you've seen it, man. Dave Gerhardt and Chris Walker doing one at this time. I'm like, oh, why y'all gonna do that? <laughs> oh, Dave, nah, it's shout out to Dave and Chris, man. <laughs> Dudes, man. But uh, man, appreciate you coming on. I think we, we get right into it, man. Being only have a half an hour, but yeah, I'm super impressed with your story, brother. I know we was talking about it in the green room, but I would love to start off there. And if you could just tell us a little bit about you know your career journey from you know college and you know leading up to to, to creating and co-founding ByteCheck. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm a I'm a Florida State Seminole. Uh, I went to Florida mm -hmm. State for for school. Um, ended up playing basketball there. Uh, had a great time. Um, learned a lot. Made some lifelong friends and. A long journey in there that where I joined the military while I was there. So when I graduated, um, I went to uh, serve in the U.S. Army. And that's where I started my cybersecurity career. Served in the U.S. Army for about six years, both uh, here in the States and overseas deployed. And um, I decided to get out after six years, after I made the rank of captain. I just didn't like sleeping outside anymore. Didn't like being away from home. Uh, I had my little man on the way. So it was like, all right, I got to I got to bring it in now. I got to start being home. And. Um, I went all in on, on learning everything I could about cybersecurity because uh, I knew I was that was going to how that was going to be how I could pay my family once I got out uh, yeah. would be through cybersecurity. And I had some experience being an information security officer in the in the army. <clears throat> so I got fortunate, landed at a cybersecurity consulting firm. When I joined my practice, there was like nine of us there. Um, when I left the last year, um, about a year from a year ago now, um, there was well over 130 of us in the practice. You know, we were doing all kinds of SOC 2, HIPAA, high trust, et cetera. So I was able to grow with them, get exposed to a lot. Consulting is crazy, man. It's hard work. You're always on the road. You're, you got multiple clients at once. And when you get to a leadership position, you have to sell and you have to deliver clients. So it's a wild, wild lifestyle, but you learn so much so fast. And quickly I realized like, oh, I, I can do something in this field. You know, I can, I can figure something out. I, I found a little rhythm around AWS specifically. Um, and, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out and take this chance. And, uh, when I left, when I left the company, um, COVID-19 was, was, was really, was really getting important here. Uh, <laughs> and things were, things were getting a little wild and it, it was obviously stressful launching a company in the middle of a global pandemic. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, my background and my story, which we'll, we'll probably talk about kind of gave me the, the, the courage and the perseverance really just to say, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, uh, whatever happens, happens, but there's no, if I can make it through this, it's going to be pretty easy when things are going normal. Right. Um, yeah. so that's that, you know, I started, uh, the one thing about my journey that uh, I hope, you know, everybody can, anybody that's listening to this can take away 
is I've always had obstacles in my journey to get to where I've had to go. Um, and and I, re, I, I have this book that's one of my favorite books ever. It's called Obstacle is the Way. Uh, and it's a, one of the most powerful books where you, it teaches you how to make obstacles your path. When I The reason I joined the army is because I broke both ankles and I needed a way to pay for school. Uh, the reason why I got, you know, I got out of the army and, and, I, and that was an obstacle was how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to pay for my family? I'm leaving a stable job, making good money, got benefits and all this. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go in all on this. And that sparked me into cybersecurity. Um, so obstacle one is breaking your ankles, got to pay for school, getting into cybersecurity because of the army. Army, you're leaving, get deeper into cybersecurity. Um, at, at my last firm, we need we were working with all these companies on AWS and no one knew it. So I'm like, all right, let me learn about AWS. Um, every single time you find an obstacle, it's like I, I decide to go and, and make that my path. But that, that's a little bit about my journey, man. Yeah, that, that's amazing, man. And, and I, I love the fact that, you know, how you pivoted and like you said, your perseverance on it, man. Like, I, I just think it's super interesting. Like, you know, you playing a Florida State Seminole team, you're on the Sweet 16, you know, you're playing against certain teams, you're playing against Duke, North Carolina, you're in the ACC, and then that happens, right? So what was the mindset like going into the Army? Was, that, was the Army ever a thought before then? Or Not was it in the back of your head? Or like, how'd that happen, man? Because I feel like that's a big transition. Yeah, it is. Uh, my dad served in the Marine Corps, so I was familiar with the military, right? I knew about the military, but I didn't want to join. The whole, my whole life, he would tell me, you got to join, you got to join. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and then when, you know, you're kind of staring at out-of-state tuition, um, going from California to Florida State, uh, and your, your parents are like, hey, man, uh, you're going to have to come back home because uh, we can't afford that. Uh, we're not going to be able to pay for that. And and. I was the first person in my family to, to graduate from college. So I wanted to accomplish that. I wanted to make sure I hit that goal. And, and I knew going back home where I was from in Cali, I, I wasn't going to be successful. I had to get out of the, I had to get it out of the city, which, you know, people that look like you and I know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, when you, when you from certain areas in order to get somewhere, you have to leave that area. It, it's tough to succeed in some of those places that you grew up just based off of the, the factors that go into that. So, um, it wasn't necessarily in the cards, but I will say it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, yeah. The Army forced me to grow up really fast. Um, I went from, we lost to VCU, and it still hurts. Every time I say that, I get a little pain right here. I remember that run. <laughs> VCU, that came out of nowhere that year. <laughs> if, you, if anybody looks it up, look up 2011 VCU versus FSU, the end of the game, and you'll see why I'm in pain um, because of how we lost. But uh, I'll just leave that for the listeners to go watch that. But um, uh, I'm sitting there in the locker room, and there's actually a picture of me. I think it might be on the internet where I'm in my locker. Um, I'm just sitting there. I'm sad as hell, and I'm still. I still got my jersey on. And it's about two hours after the game. Um, usually, we get dressed much, much get undressed much sooner. Uh, and I was. I didn't want to take the jersey off because I knew that was my last time. That was it. It was. There's no more putting this on. And I knew also three weeks later I was reporting to the army. So I'm going from the height of my basketball life, the best time of my life, and like now I'm reporting. And I had to grow up like immediately. Um, and then I got to my unit. Um, so I did training for about six months, got to my unit. Three months later, we deployed. Um, so wow. less than a year later, you go from we're in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome, getting beat by VCU at the buzzer to being deployed overseas in the Middle East and leading about 20 soldiers responsible for their lives. Like that's the thing about being a military officer. You're responsible for people, but you're responsible for their lives, like literally life and death. And as a 23 year old who was just partying in Tallahassee, you uh you grow up really fast man and, and, yeah. it, and that's what helped me out a lot i think in cybersecurity, people focus so much on technology which is important you know, I, i'm a technologist at heart i love technology 
but I learned about people first uh, as a people leader in technology. I had to learn how to lead people. And that helps me out so much now talking to customers, talking to my people on my team, because I care about people first, more yeah. so than anything else. And I, I would say it also helps with, with your LinkedIn strategy, because, you know, I, what, what, I, what draws me into you, man, and in, which is different from a lot of different CEOs or, or people co-founded, like a lot of CEOs don't want to be on the front lines. They feel like it's not important for them to brand themselves and put their content out and things like that. But you're completely opposite. It's like so I'm curious, what, what was your mindset going into it? Like, are you are you doing it because you, you like to create? post content and things like that? Or is it because like, hey, I'm gonna get myself lit and in turn, if I get lit, then my brand is lit and then it's gonna draw more customers. Like what was the mindset? Yeah, man, it's it's, it's the obstacle is the way again. So yeah. I, I, I was going out to launch Bite Check and the plan, every startup book you read says, get out of the building, get out of the building, go talk to customers. COVID-19 hit, can't get out of the building, go talk to customers. There's no public conferences, there's no events, there's nowhere to go out and talk to people and build thought leadership only yeah. place I could do it was LinkedIn. So, you know, LinkedIn, this is a crazy thing about LinkedIn top voice that I, I really truly don't know how I made it still. Um, if you look at everybody on that list, I have the least amount of followers out of all of them um, by significantly by, by most of them. Um, and uh, I, LinkedIn top voice evaluates you from uh, September of the prior year through October of the next year. Okay. I didn't start getting active on LinkedIn until March. Um, so I missed half of, the, half of the reporting period. I had 900 followers on LinkedIn in March. I don't know what it is now, but I don't think it's 900 anymore. Um, and, and, and I was, I, you know, I wasn't really using LinkedIn. I was using it like most people use LinkedIn. It's just a site that held my experience. And I tell people when I got a new job, wasn't really anything I would do it for, but I knew to get my message out. The only thing, my only focus all summer was who do I want to know about bike check when it launches? Who do I want to see it? And what do I want them to know me for? Because a lot of times in life we think about it's who you know. It's not. Yeah. It's it's who knows what you know. <laughs> it, it, <that's, laughs> I love that. Yeah, I know Jared. Cool. He's cool, man. If but if somebody's looking to hire, uh, you know, an account executive, I need to know what you know as an account executive because I need to be able to vouch for you. So I was like, let me explain to people what I know about this field. I've learned a lot. I have a lot of experience and. My other thing that I wanted to do that I realized I stopped doing in the consulting world because I got so busy was giving back. Um, I'm so passionate about helping the next generation to come into this field. I think cybersecurity is the way we can solve wealth gaps in the African-American communities. I think we can use cybersecurity to increase our average incomes. I think we can use cybersecurity to change lives from a generational perspective because of how much money can be made and how the, the barrier to entry is pretty low if you if you have the right mentors and training. So I was so focused. I was like, how can I how can I give back at scale? Um, and I spent the summer just meeting people, building relationships, um, following folks like Dave Gerhardt and Justin Welsh to make sure that I learned how to use this platform the right way. Yeah. And then I slowly realized the power of LinkedIn. And yeah. that's when things changed for me. So at first it was just about giving back and trying to curate an audience. And I was like, you know, I can just have a few potential customers here. Then I started to see the views the yeah. the comments and the people that were out, I was building relationships with. And I'm like, hold on, this might be a gold mine. Um, and if anybody knows me personally, they'll tell you that when I find something out like that, it's over. You go uh, all the way. That's it. <laughs> all the way. I'm going to do everything I can to take it over at the highest level. And I honestly feel like I just scratched the surface on LinkedIn. Uh, There's still so much opportunity there, man. It's, it's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy that you said that, man. Because I my story was similar, man. It was like 
hey, I'm here at, at a new agency. I'm at iPool Rank. And like our managing director, he's a big thought leader. He does a lot of keynote speaking, things like that, a lot of visibility in, in an SEO world, right? So he has 60,000 followers on Twitter. And I'm like, okay, what can I do to bring value here? You know, because you own that channel. And I'm like, all right. I'm going to LinkedIn, but I was the same way, man. I only use LinkedIn. I promote this webinar for some companies, a bunch of whack posts. There's nothing about me. And it was just like, all right, cool, man. But I was like, all right, let me let me just do something else. And I, I love what you said, man, because you was like, I'm just going to teach other people. And I love this phrase that I've heard shot to, to Gabe Moran. It was like, yo, teach them how to fish and they'll learn you sell fishing poles. And you pretty much embodied that. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, hey, let me teach you guys what my knowledge is. And then you're going to learn from me. And if you learn enough from me, when you have that issue, who are you going to come to? 100%. Like people are, a lot of people ask me like, so like, you know, what was your plan with LinkedIn? It was literally strategic. I said, look, I'm going to convince people that I know cloud security, I know compliance, and I know how to make it better. Before anybody knew about ByteCheck, you were going to know that about me because I'm going to constantly talk about the thing. But I'm also going to talk about being a vet because it's big on something that I want to do. It's big. I knew I was going to do this higher military partnership nine months ago that we're doing now. Um, anybody that knows me knows, me knows as well. Like, I move strategically in, in all aspects. I'm moving like six, seven, eight, nine months ahead of time, most of the time. So everything we're doing now, some of the some of the things that we're actually doing on LinkedIn from or on our business as a whole, I tested those value props on LinkedIn posts last summer. I, I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. I wonder if people like that. Let me do a post. Oh, 20,000 views. Okay, definitely. We're going to do that. <laughs> um, and those are the things that I did. It's just like I... I'm a big tester. I'm a big experimenter, which is why I'm not afraid to fail because I think of everything as an experiment. It's just like, oh, okay, that didn't work. Cool. I'll do something else next time. Um, and it's literally just constantly doing that. And one of the people always ask me, what's the ROI on LinkedIn? What's the ROI? You spend you spend a lot of time on there. One, I don't spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. That's that's a myth that people think um, because I have a system there. My posts are scheduled. I know what I'm going to talk about. Um, I know when I'm going to talk about things. They all move around. I, I strategically go on LinkedIn throughout the day to, to engage based off of you know what you're supposed to do there. Right. Um, but I'll tell you this, you know, I get to talk to a stadium full of people every, 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 every week. Um, you know, at Florida State in the in the um, in the tuck, it was what we would call it where we play. We can host 12,000 people there. And when the tuck is loud and 12,000 people are going crazy, it's wild. It, it, you can barely yeah. hear yourself. Every week I get about 50,000 views on all my posts per week. Um, so I get to talk to 50,000 people a week about my company about the industry. There's no other platform. There's no other place that a CEO can literally talk to his buyers on a regular basis, directly one-on-one. -on -one. And the last ROI that I'll mention, and I know I've been kind of long, it's just because I think some people, you know, they look at LinkedIn as a social network. You, you really got to treat it like a, a place to do business because you can do a lot of business on LinkedIn. Every day I'm either getting a message for a podcast or I'm getting a message for somebody asking for business with ByteCheck. Every single day, like literally Monday through Sunday, I'm getting one of those two messages and it's all inbound. That wouldn't happen if I didn't put the work in last summer um, to, to use LinkedIn and learn the platform. So it's just so, LinkedIn is so powerful, man. Like, I'm glad this is a LinkedIn all stars because I hope more people realize it. I think I, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. I think we only have like a year left where where before the bigger corporations catch up and they start to force people to build their personal brands on LinkedIn. I think we're, we're running out of time because they're going to catch it. I agree with you. I think I think we got six months. Oh, yeah. we're, starting, we're starting to see it now. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm trying to get my team on 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 the board too. But you know, uh, the problem is right. You can't force somebody to do LinkedIn. 
And that's something that that's really you have to really love to want to connect to people. You have to really want to engage with people, know their story, tell your story. Like for me, like when I first my, my first post that did like 40,000, I got shared from LinkedIn editors. And then once I caught that bug, it was a wrap. And then after a while, what I've seen work for me is just telling my personal story. So it wasn't just the hey, the SEO stuff, but it was like, hey, yo, I'm Jared from the Bronx. I have no college degree. I am grinding it out, man. I was working at Starbucks, BBQs. I was coming home smelling like ribs, fam. And then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I had my kid and it was like, yo, I have to, I have to grow up. I have to put my big boy pants on. I have to figure something out. And, you know, through the grace of God, man, I ended up, you know, going to a call center. He had to hear me talk. You know, I end up selling them like Wolf of Wall Street, and then I end up getting a job in digital marketing, and then I just took it here and been here for ten years since, man. But like, you have to want to do this. You have to want to engage with people. Like, and most people is this big misconception that you have to be a certain way on it. Like, I, I just shared something with my team yesterday. Like, some dude posted on LinkedIn talking about how he had a bubble butt pause. Like, that was crazy. Like, like why are we like? It, it, you guys are talking about like how you need to button up to post something. This dude got two hundred likes on that. Right. Yeah. Just get yourself out there like it just you need to be seen. That's it. And it's really more so like and I get this too. like the ROI to back to your, your earlier question is like, what is the ROI on LinkedIn? The ROI is long term. What it's going to do for your career. There's going to be short term opportunities. They're going to be, you know, opportunities from a year from now. Then it's going to be opportunities for your long term career. Like, you know, for instance, like if I talk to people, I think we spoke about this early in the green room, like the guests that I have. You know, people would easily be like, hey, go sell to that guy or sell to this. And you spoke to, you know, 16 handles. Why are you not doing it? But it's like you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. You know what I'm trying to say? Because that relationship, you know, now you're mentoring me and now we're talking, you know, having a great conversation. You're talking about business and things like that. But if we intertwine those in certain places, I just feel like the relationship could go sour. So it's knowing who to ask, when to ask and really what can you what the value can you deliver to that organization or that person and take it from there. But like if you stay content consistent enough. People are gonna reach out. People notice, even if they don't like it, they're gonna come rock with you. Facts, exactly. You know, you said something big there: relationships. The That's thing it. you can do on LinkedIn is you can build relationships with real people in positions that it doesn't matter if they do business with you. They know more people. It's network effects. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. gonna learn you, and that's what I focused on. I literally would, if somebody reached out to me last summer, I got on a call with them. Every person that asked, whether they were selling me something, whether they wanted to meet, whether they wanted to be a, men a mentorship relationship, it didn't matter. If you asked me to meet last summer, I was doing it. I, I obviously can't do it as much now because <laughs> my time is, is limited, but it was, it was all about, I was like, I'm going to build relationships. And one of the things that motivated me was I realized how many people I impacted at my last firm. Um, when I left, um, you know, there was true emotions about me leaving after three years. I was emotional. The people were emotional. Like we were, you know, sad about this, this ending. And I was like, you know what? Like I just worked with these people, but I built great relationships where now, you know, there is a void. And I'm like, I could do that on LinkedIn. I can build relationships with a bunch of people at scale. And that's going to exponentially grow everything that I'm trying to do. Um, and I think that's the that's you, you hit it on the nail on the head. I think if people use LinkedIn right, you'll never have to use a resume again. You'll never apply for a job again. And I and I know people that I've told this to and they were able to go from a ninety thousand dollar a year job to a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year job. And the only thing that changed was their activity on LinkedIn. They didn't get a new cert. They didn't get a new degree. They did nothing but start talking about what they knew on LinkedIn. So it works, especially in cybersecurity probably the same for you, but like cybersecurity, people don't talk in cybersecurity on LinkedIn. So if you're one of the few people talking, it doesn't matter what you're saying, you're going to get noticed. You control um, the conversation, easy. It's yeah. very easily, you're going to control the conversation um, and you're going to be able, it's just like, if you want to do something, build a personal brand. 
build a personal brand first. I think Dave just mentioned this before on like a, a post recently that I saw. And he was just like, stop doing stealth mode startups. Um, and I was like, you know what? I get it, Dave, because we were in stealth mode. And like, <laughs> I get it. But he was, he was focusing on like build an audience. It doesn't matter what you're selling. Build an audience first. That's what I focused on. I was like, hey, I'm going to build an audience. And then when you build an audience, you can sell anything you want. That's uh -huh. it. And if, you, if you're like, some, a lot of people are going to listen to this, but I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't want to do that. I'm cool with my job. Cool. You build an audience around you and what you do, because when that when that manager pisses you off one day, you have seven recruiters in your inbox already telling you for a new job, asking you to do something else because your personal brand is so strong. Your yeah. personal brand can withstand economic downturns, global pandemics, being laid off. Your personal brand can elevate you to a level where you don't have to worry about those things anymore. And, and I wish more people, especially people that look like us, take yeah. advantage of this platform when they have the chance to grow themselves, to, to make themselves bulletproof. I think yeah. a person that makes you bulletproof. And I, and, and I, I would, my biggest piece of advice, if I could go back in time is only that I would use LinkedIn sooner. If I'd have been using LinkedIn the entire time I was in the army. And then oh, when I got yeah. out, Oh my Lord, I don't know where I would be right now. Yeah, I, I, I think about the same thing. I was on it when it first started. I'm like, Oh, I'm just doing whack stuff. I'm connected. I'm doing dry pitches. I'm like, Oh, who the hell was I? You know what I mean? <laughs> and now it's just like, man, I could talk to anybody on it. But like you said, your, your audience is key. Focusing on your audience, like I tell, I tell my boys this. Cause my my dudes, you know, you know, my neighborhood, they they rapping, they doing a bunch of things, and I'm like, man, like you putting out a mixtape, you're doing this, but who who knows you, right? Build your audience, and like a perfect example, I was telling them is look at Jake Paul, the internet, the YouTuber, right? So this dude has 40 million followers on 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 YouTube, and he say he consistently posted video content on YouTube for 800 days straight. No money, no nothing was consistent for 800 straight days. Now he has an audience who loves everything about the dude. And now he's awarded opportunities to fight a Conor McGregor, a, a Floyd Mayweather. And the whole point of this is if you have an audience, it allows you a seat at any table. Facts. At any table. You Facts. know what I mean? You think they're not going to want to highlight you for influencer work. They're not going to want to do this for you. Or if you want to do a partnership with a brand, you have leverage. I've got I've got 40 million. I've got 10 million. I've got 10,000. doesn't matter what the number is, right? Know yeah. your audience. And it's also not about your followers, but it's about your following. You want a following. You don't want followers. Followers could be anybody. It could be Joe Schmo from India. It could be this one, that one, right? But who's following? Who's paying attention? And that's something I try to focus on. I try to connect with a lot of people that I would never get in touch with. I just connect with them. I don't even make an ask. I don't say hello. But I'm hoping that one day you're going to be on the highway. You're going to see my billboard, fam. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And one day you might just double back on a brother and be like, yo, that was pretty cool. And I could tell you, man, I, I actually this too, man, but I've had some crazy, I've had the president of K-Swiss, I've had the CEO of Stars, I've had so many people like posts and I'm like, damn, I'm just a dude from the Bronx in a two bedroom right now, just trying to make it happen. So like, I, I'm curious from you, like what, what are what are some cool things that have happened to you, you know, since you've been posting frequently? And then also like, what has been the impact of the LinkedIn voice to your professional and personal career? Yeah, great questions. Um... I mean, I, I've i been having so many surreal moments, man, since really since we launched publicly and I officially, my title was officially CEO. And, and then LinkedIn Top Voice happened right after that, that just, you know, there's oftentimes I'm on calls with other CEOs and I forget that <laughs> that's my job title. <laughs> I'll talk to the CEO and I realize like, oh shit, I'm a CEO too. Okay. <laughs> uh, but like, it's, there's often times where like now, you know, I'm getting, um, I've, I had a, this is, this is, I'll, I'll give you an example of what happened. Mm -hmm. Last April, I listed out 10 cybersecurity podcasts I wanted to be on um, before. By the time we we were kind of get things were rolling with bite checks. So like really by like the fall of this year, I've already been on all 10. 
and and they all came from LinkedIn. Like I didn't ask to be on these. They came from people introducing me to them or me being on them. Like literally 10 podcasts that I wanted to be on. I've already been able to get on. And I just, I knew connected with, and I connected with these people that run them. Didn't ask for anything. Like you said, Um, I I have a rule of thumb. I have a couple of rules that some things that you said there. One is I don't ask anybody for something until I interact with them three times. Um, so that means like we message, they like my content, I like their content, whatever it is. But you got to see me three times because I want you to know me before we we, we hop on a call and know each other. Um, the other thing is you were talking about consistency and how important consistency is. And that's something that people just don't do well. Uh, they And the reason is, is we give our, we overestimate what we can do in a short period of time and underestimate what we can do in a longer period of time. So after right. you say, I'm going to do this in two weeks, I'm going to go from here to here. You get to the end of two weeks and now you're discouraged because you didn't make it to this abnormal goal. But if you would have gave yourself four months, you'd be good. You'd yeah. be comfortable. Um, so I tell everybody, if you're trying something new, if you're trying to post on LinkedIn, trying to do a new workout, you're trying a new diet, whatever it may be, ignore the results for three months. Yeah. Ignore any results. Don't care about the likes. Don't care about the views. Don't care about any of that stuff. Don't worry about how you look with your body or anything. Ignore the results for three months. And I promise you at the end of those three months, you're going to have something. You're going to have yeah. something big because you focus on just the process. That's the thing Hoopin has always taught me was just like practice is important. The process yeah. is important. The fundamentals yeah. are important. And you fall in love with the process and you can take that everywhere else. So ignore the results for three months. Um, yeah. To answer right. your second question on um, LinkedIn Top Voice, the crazy part about LinkedIn Top Voice, which was insane, the announcement came five days after we publicly launched ByteCheck. Uh, so we publicly launched Bite Check. World's going crazy. Oh no, this cool new startup. And you know, typically that's like you know the biggest thing that happens for the brand. Five days later, LinkedIn top voice. So skyrocket on the views of my profile, the followers on the Bite Check page, all of this, and that just gave us a ridiculous amount of momentum. And then with LinkedIn top voice, uh, you know, all the new podcast requests, all these other things pop in. The one of the coolest things that happened and shows you the power of LinkedIn is I got access to a newsletter. So I have now this LinkedIn newsletter feature where I can send out a newsletter on a regular basis. We do it on a monthly basis. We had MailChimp for a while. We're using MailChimp for our newsletter stuff. Yeah. Um, had about, I think we were, we were doing it when we were in stealth mode, probably had like 200 subscribers, I think, maybe not even, nothing nothing crazy. I launched this newsletter on LinkedIn. Within two minutes, we had 200 subscribers. Now wow. I have well over 6,000, I think. I don't even know what it is right now, but we launched this newsletter on December 15th. And it's not February 15th yet. And we have over 6,000 subscribers. And that's right. just because of LinkedIn. Like that's it's crazy. And, and so LinkedIn top voice, like I, I mean, the other thing is like literally every single one of Bite Check's early customers came from LinkedIn. That, that's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Man, but 6,000, like I, I would love to talk to you about the newsletter because I, I don't know what's up with LinkedIn. LinkedIn, if you had to stop fronting on me with the live, please, we need live access. I didn't apply 20 times. Make this happen, please. But like with the newsletter and things like that, like, like how 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 did you? First of all, what what automation tools do you use for posting and scheduling posts? And what are like some some other tools that you're using to help you accelerate your efforts on there? Because like I'll be I'm doing everything manually right now, and I'm looking into stuff. Yeah, I uh, I dedicate two hours on Sunday to write my content for the week. Um, okay. I just focus on one block, and I try to get as much content as I can. Sometimes I write one post in that two hours. Sometimes I write ten. Yeah. Uh, on how the creative juices are flowing, right? Uh, but the the other thing I use Hootsuite uh, as my as my planning tool. It's great. Um, it may, it takes the stress out of posting. Um, yeah. You know, you get in there in the in LinkedIn and you're doing it. You're like, oh, I don't know if is that a good post. Is that not a good post. You put it in Hootsuite. It's going out. Um, it's going out automatically. So 
I would dedicate some time to creating content. Don't try to do it every day. Um, I, I also pick themes. I kind of give myself parameters. I'm like, hey, talk about cloud security twice this week, bite check once, veterans once, and then personal development one time. So then you're creating content in lanes, right? You're not trying to come up with anything random. You have some focus and you want to be focused on your content too. Um, that's the other thing. And, and the other thing I would say is read. I read a lot. And the more I read, the more content I have. So I read every, I read cybersecurity blogs. I have a couple of cybersecurity newsletters that come through. I read books often. Like I'm always reading two or three books. Um, right now I'm reading Meditations um, by Marcus Aurelius, one of the you know greatest Stoic philosophers out there. Um, just, you know, I, I just, I'm a constant reader. And when you read, uh, you, you, your brain is able to reproduce content and you just, you get more creative. So I would, I would encourage you to, to read a lot, um, and, and plan your content. Like it, it's really hard to do content, um, kind of ad hoc. Um, it, it gets difficult to create things. So if you plan it and sit there for two hours on a weekend, you'll knock out a bunch and you'll have it kind of going. So, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know, now that you say it, like it, it sounds so, it sounds simple. And, and to be honest with you, I've been winging it. I keep it really like I, for me, it's just like I don't want to overthink it. Yeah, like yeah. I best posted like when I'm just like after a call or something like that, or something happened, something just brought up a memory, and I just type it. I don't even edit it. I just let it fly. And those are the ones that get two, three hundred likes and twenty, thirty thousand views. So I try not to. But it's now at a point where it's like. Work is picking up, things like that. I'm like, I got Tuesday tips. I'm doing something like story. I don't know if you listen to Wallow and, and Gilly the Kid thing, but I'm doing a stories from the sale and stuff for the sale. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a bunch of different things, man. But it's like the time that goes into it, man. On top of you know working is super super difficult. But now I, I know we're coming up to the to the two you know to the to the half an hour mark. But I do want to tell you, brother, I love your energy, man. I, I appreciate you you coming on, man. I, I'm a big fan. I'm supporting you, brother. Is there anything I can do? to help you, man. Like I said, I just want to see us win, man. And I appreciate you taking time out your busy day to come to come rock with us, man. And, you know, to teach our audience on how they could level up their LinkedIn, brother. So thank you, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Appreciate the opportunity. And the only thing you can do is keep doing what you're doing, bro. Like keep giving back, keep doing these podcasts and keep growing, growing your own personal brand because we need more people that look like us doing well to, to inspire the next generation. So appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, brother. And that, that's a great point, man. I, somebody actually hit me up the other day about that, man. It was like, hey, you know, somebody hit me up randomly. He was like, he's actually from cars.com. Good brother. He was like, man, I just want to talk to you, man, because you know what? I see your videos. You're in a hoodie and a hat and I'm in my crib like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and that's what that's what matters to me, man. Like, obviously, I'm on there for business, but I want to inspire the next person, man. I, you know, because we've come in a space where it was like, man, I've always been ignored, unheard. I've been fired for stupidity. I've always been a top performer. And I feel like I didn't have a voice. And now, like you said earlier, man, I'm in, I'm in the world's biggest conference and I'm the keynote every day. Every day. My terms. You know what I mean? So for everybody out there, it's your terms. Control the narrative, man. This is no better time to start than right now. Because like AJ said earlier, it's gonna, you're going to get six months to a year before the game just blows up, man. It's going to be so harder. And you're going to have to be really, really creative about how you're going to build your audience. So. Get on it now. Um, please follow AJ. AJ, where can they follow you on, um, obviously, LinkedIn, but any other channels? Uh, you know, only, you? only LinkedIn for now, but I'll be on Twitter soon. So uh, I'll be on Twitter in a couple of weeks. Can't wait to, to, to get on there. But LinkedIn right now, reach out to me. I'm, I'm pretty open. Um, you know, LinkedIn is the only spot you can find me. Cool, man. Make sure you check out Bite Check, man. Make sure you check out IPR, man. We appreciate everybody for, for coming in and joining, man. We're on episode 29. Couldn't happen without you guys. So much love and respect. And AJ, much love, brother. I know I'm going to talk to you soon, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks again, brother. Talk to you soon.